Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. La di da, di da di da di da di da di da. La di da di da, di da di da di da di da. This is no agenda. Everybody, it is time once again for No Agenda. It's Thursday, April 16th, 2009, coming to you from the Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation East. I'm Adam Curry. And why am I shouting? I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> Yowza. We've, we've done it once again. We're on the air. You know, you shout your announcement. You know, you've noticed that. Yeah, but I know why I'm shouting, so why? it's okay. Oh, see, I don't know why I'm shouting <laughs> because I'm. <laughs> I know I'm the original puker. This is this is the radio that I'm used to making, which is why they invented the compressor limiter. Oh, for guys like you. Yeah, that's right, Johnny. That's just what it is. It's it's the way we you know and. I think we've been, we've been through that before. But ra- radio guys, those like 80, 80s, 90s radio guys, even off the air, they talk like this to each other. Hey, man, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they're talking into a compressor limiter all the time. Hey, man, how you doing? Hey, man, how you doing? I said on the radio, man. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, well, I do know guys that uh, over the years, you know, they had, they went into broadcasting and then they end up with a trained voice. Yeah. And they always talked with it. <laughs> Yeah, man, because, you know, it's like, hey, baby, that's what we're doing. I'm Scott Shannon. (laughs) In fact, there was a guy over at KCSM who was the uh, station manager, and he got into the software business. And one time I was talking to him on the phone, and uh, I just heard his, you know, and he's talking to me on just a casual phone conversation. I said, have you been in broadcasting? Because he just, everything was just just perfect. Yeah, baby. and uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's like when you talk they always, to Leo by Laporte, the way they find it complimentary if you if you mention yes, that. of course it's like talking to Leo Laporte off air he talks the same way yeah but he doesn't have an extremely uh, uh, an over uh, emphasized he has a trained voice but it's not over emphasized like some of these guys where where it sounds peculiarly yeah. Yeah. outrageous right. my wife like really likes his voice I mean, like, Leo's? like yeah, yeah, and, and I think uh, she infers I, in a sensual way. Yeah, I think he's developed a uh, uh, his voice specifically for that purpose. There you go. That, that, by the way, is why most of us ugly guys got into radio in the first place. There was rock band, no talent, uh, radio. Yeah, I might get laid. Do you know? Um, did I t- did I tell you that uh, Lori Turner contacted me? Did I tell you about this story? No. Lori Turner, better known as LT, in uh, West Virginia, when I went to school, we had a radio station. It was WITB, which officially stood for We're in the Basement. But, of course, we all knew it really meant We're into Bong Hits. And it was a a low-power FM station. I was running the station within, like, three months. But there was a a DJ there, who, and she was a, I think she was sophomore or junior, I can't remember, uh, Lori Turner, and she was kind of this, you know, exactly the kind of girl I kind of like, you know, a little tomboyish, and she had, uh, you know, this of course was early 80s, so she had a little bit of streak of pink in her hair, uh, and uh, and she was a good jock, and uh, it was, you know, uh, so we wound up having sex once, and the next day, she said, you know what, um, I think I'm lesbian. <laughs> 
uh, a story that very few guys would relate to anyone, but it'll go ahead. My daughter loves this story, by the way. <laughs> the only time I had sex in college is the next day. You know, hey, man, I'm really digging chicks. <laughs> so, um, she, and she dropped me a note the other day. She said, hey, man, remember me? It's, uh, L2. Well, she, she, uh, her name is different now, so. I'm not going to, but she's still in radio and she's uh, managing bands and she's still lesbian. <laughs> it was great. I'm like, hey, LT, how you doing? My 18 year old daughter really likes that story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. So that's so that's so that's how it's going to go. All right. Hey, by the way, uh, we have a ton of new listeners. Uh, well, they may not necessarily be new listeners, but a ton of people checking us out on the new No Agenda iPhone app. Which uh, apparently works quite well. Good. It uh, so it picks up the stream. Uh, it downloads the podcast. Uh, you can tweet to the stream. It has. Uh, I think you can follow our twitters. Uh, Ninety nine cents in the iPhone App Store, uh, developed by a listener. Uh, and now what we're waiting for, of course, is the uh, is the G Phone uh, No Agenda app. So what uh, what would somebody search for to find this app? Um, no agenda in the iPhone store. I think you can also go to the direct URL is, hold on, I had it somewhere here. Uh, crap, I don't know. It's like a very logical, here it is, iTunes.com slash app slash no agenda mobile. There you go. Okay. Well, I'll make sure all that stuff's in the in the show notes. In the show notes. So I just got in. I just flew in from Portugal. And boy, and boy are my you arms tired. tired. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the morning. It was beautiful when we left. It was a real bummer. Just absolutely <laughs> stunning. You know, it looks a, the the southern part, uh, and of course, we were only uh, about thirty k from uh, from Spain. It kind of reminds me a bit of California. Are you kidding? It looks exactly like California. <laughs> yeah, that, I wanted to be careful because you're the Californian on the show, but I'm driving through. I'm like, this is just like California. Another place I never would want to live. Nice to visit. You know, it's like, I think that's one of the reasons the Portuguese settled, especially around the San Francisco Bay Area, so many of them. I, I mean, I was raised in a town that was dominated by Portuguese at the time. Oh, makes sense, uh, yeah. Newark. Well, wait a minute. It, and, isn't um, San Francisco, wasn't he from Portugal? I don't know. <laughs> I think it, the city was actually named for a guy named Sam. Sam, Sam Francisco. Sam Francisco. Okay. Bada so anyway, so I took a uh, since I was uh, essentially raised in a community of Portuguese. Uh, they, um, I mean, they were the dominant culture uh and all that you know i always thought they were you know didn't think much about it to be honest about it but the uh i got this this taste this for the uh the the linguisa sausage the one right. type of sausage that they make over there and they also have a um, they do a um i can't pronounce it but they have a uh, kind of a piece of it's like a copa only it's it's spiced the same way as their, their meats. Uh, we of course we went shopping since we'd rented a house. Their meats are outstanding. The fish, of course, Portugal well known for its fish, but meat is just outstanding. I was pleasantly surprised. Oh, it's delicious. But anyway, so I got a taste for that stuff, and so I uh, still. So when I was there like a couple months ago, I uh, and I noticed the same thing. The the joke of it with me, of course, was I was you know in that same kind of where you are. 
partially, not quite that far. But uh, I was looking uh, for uh, cork trees because it was the, the whole country is. In fact, I saw a map because I was taking the whole country cork. is corked. That's a smelly. There's a smell to that place. <laughs> There's a. Uh, I was taken to a cork factory, and then I um, got it. They showed me a map of the, all the major cork infested areas but every cork tree is registered in portugal you can't if you move into a house and you have a cork tree in your yard you cannot take that tree down hmm. um and uh and of course they're valuable because the cork on a cork tree contributes to a lot of money every time you, you pull the cork off every seven years or so it takes like 45 years to get the thing to produce enough cork for the first time. Anyway, so I'm dri- we're driving around. I'm looking, looking. I say, I don't see any cork trees. All I see are these oak trees, hmm. and uh, and they're just they look like California oaks that kind you'd see in Oakland. Completely, yeah, completely. And, and then I, I saw that a lot of these oak trees had their their uh, their uh, bark removed. I'm thinking, what is it? What is wrong with it? What's where's the corks? And so <laughs> I mentioned this, and she says, you, she says you do knew, know that a cork tree is an oak tree. Oh, really? see, I didn't know that. I didn't either. I was go. Oh, no wonder. So I was just looking at all these. Uh, you know, it's called a cork oak, and it looks just like a standard oak tree. I mean, it's got the same exact outer bark. It's got the exact that the distinctive shape of an oak tree, which is really pretty. And uh, they're all over the place, but they're not the kind of oaks we have. They're they're cork trees. But that makes me think that in California we could be growing these trees if we had a brain, because the because uh, we could sell cork. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's just one of those things. They say it's like an annuity. If you had like a big cork farm, you know, you have, you know, it just keeps producing. It's just, it's just water. It's just an oak tree. You don't have to do anything. You just pull cork off of it and sell it. The whole place, uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm really, really digging it. I, I think uh, I like the south of France last, you know, when we went there and, this uh, it, there is something special to it, and Portugal has really come of age. But particularly, this is the non-tourist part, which is the East Algarve. Um, right. And in fact, we went into Alhau, which is about eight kilometers from where we were. And uh, you know, it's like they don't have a, a an English newspaper. Forget about it. You know, <laughs> that just shows you the level of tourism. Of course, Faro, which is uh, maybe seventeen or eighteen kilometers away, you know, that's a proper city. But it's also it's nice. It's clean. It's unhurried. It's uh, it's a lot of it's new because of all the European money they got. Yeah, they got a lot of European money, and they built a lot of roads. And uh, and drugs are decriminalized, which was fabulous, I tell you. Well, it's decriminalized. I mean, they're not letting people sell it on the streets, but... No, no, no. But there's another article which I placed in the show notes uh, about the success of that experiment, which has been ongoing for... Is that you or me? That's me, and let me just kill it while you're talking. Is it that guy again? Who is that mysterious man who calls you during almost every single show? All right. Oh, this was good. I would. Ah, I shouldn't have hung up. <laughs> good timing. Damn it! I was, well, I was listening. I said, "Oh, this is one of those." It was a recording, and it was uh, it was a record. Unfortunately, I can't get the phone to the mic anyway. But it was a recording. I guess this is going out to everybody as we speak. From you know, there's two. There's all these machines that are sending out these messages. It's getting kind of annoying, and some of them sound like somebody talking to you. But this one was America. Are you aware that there are tea parties happening all around the country? You too can take part. So this is like an orchestration for these uh, these protests, which 
I think I personally this shows you that this is not so uh, spontaneous. No, I mean, I you know, if I were to set something up, John, if you and I had concocted a tea party, the last thing we'd be thinking is, yeah, let's get one of those uh, things that political parties use. I mean, there's there's big muscle behind a lot of this. Something's going on. In fact, you know what this is, John? No, what? <laughs> it wasn't loud enough. I couldn't hear it. Oh, crap. I'm sorry. Let me do it again. It's a fractal. Oh, fractal. Is it still yeah. fractal. What? Yeah, it's pretty low. Uh, well, hold on. Fract- Let me just check it again. Is that better? Now you're talking. Now you're talking. All right, man. I'm sorry about fractal that. Fractal of what? Well, first of all, the tea party is a fractal of the tea party. Yeah, well, I realize that. But no, that's a fractal. It's kind of pointless. You know, I I got a weird. I'm not quite sure about these tea parties. You know, first of all, I I don't like. It's like, um, yeah, you know, you can cover a song by the Rolling Stones, but it's better if you have a new original song that 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 is of these times. You know what I mean? The the whole tea party meme really doesn't do it for me. Well, I, I you know I think that it has only one benefit. The amusing uh, discussion, which goes on and on and on, and even Rush Limbaugh did it, of the uh, uh, describing, uh, trying to describe on the airwaves, uh, teabagging. I think that, by the way, is the only good thing that's come out of this whole. <laughs> like, White House gets teabagged. You know, it's like, all right, yeah, that, that's a good headline. Someone, should, do you think any, if any mainstream newspaper wrote that, that would be pretty ballsy. As it were, pun intended. In the morning. <laughs> so, so the uh, you can go, folks, you can go to your Urban Dictionaries and look this up. It's kind of gross, but the uh, but it's, it well, it depends on they, if you're doing the bagging or the teeing. You know, it's a, it's it's a matter of perspective. It depends. So the point is, is that it's forced this term, which is was fairly <laughs> obscure, to come out into the open because of the use of these jokers that keep using the teabagging terminology. <laughs> it's just hilarious. But meanwhile, of course, I'm getting phone calls as everyone witnessed uh, from an automated machine trying yeah. to get me to get involved with this crap. Is so. there anything really coming out of this? I mean, so the idea is uh, a tax revolt. I think, you know, I'm wondering who's really behind it because well, it's got to be, it's got to be a political party. They're the only ones that use these phone yeah, systems. But what, yes, but which, which political party it could be either one. It could be the, it could it's be the all Democrats. The same. Look- it's it's yeah, all the I same. Think I think it's, it's the Democrats looking for pushback. They're trying to get, a, you know, this, make these, I, I just, I'm disturbed by the whole thing. I wouldn't take part. That's for sure. Uh, I don't know who's behind it. Unless I know exactly what's going on, I'm not dealing with any of this. When I saw uh, Glenn Beck being one of the main supporters of this whole teabagging, that's when the alarm bells went off in my head. I'm like, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Hey, can I just give you a... I'm sorry. Well, by the way, I I want to remind everybody that we're two guys who are conservatives, so... At least... At least, <laughs> well, you're you're more, uh, yeah, right. Crackpot conservative. It's a new fringe group. I did want to give you a quick review, mon frère, um, as we ate several times in Langerie restaurant at Villamonte, which I told you about. Their sister restaurant has two Michelin stars, uh, but that one's oh, really? in, in, that one's in Lisbon. Uh, so of course it doesn't count, but uh, it was good. There were two. Actually, there were four things I wanted to mention to you quickly. 
Um, first of all, pumpkin cream soup. I've had pumpkin soup before, but this pumpkin cream soup they made was just outrageous. The octopus carpaccio, which I guess is essentially raw octopus, right? Smashed. It, smashed? Well, it was smashed. Wasn't it made into a carpaccio? No, it was sliced, very thinly sliced. Oh, it wasn't like smashed? No. No, okay, it, was, so, it was the actual tentacles okay, so sliced really thinly and then oh, okay. kind of... In, All right, in, well, that's basically, yeah, octopus sushi, we'd call that, but yeah. Yeah, carpaccio. but it was really really thin, like carpaccio. Um, okay. They had an aperitif, which I'd never had before, which was really refreshing and nice. It was a, a white port uh, with tonic water and uh, and lemon. Have you ever had that? Well, I know there's used to be a song, White Port and Lemon Juice, from no. the 50s. no. What do you mean, no? There's a song called White Port and Lemon Juice? Yeah, from the 50s. I'm trying to think of the band that did it. Um, Hold on. Let me, let me go into my... Uh, I'm going to see if I can White find Port, this. Like, in fact, I can, I can hear the lyrics. White Port and Lemon Juice tastes good to me, I believe, is one of the lines in that tune. Uh, what happened to my... Bra- I don't know. Screw Probably it. about 1958, 59. I'll write that one down. And uh, and revisit it now. The uh, the last thing I wanted to mention. So by the way, that's a very interesting combination. The white port with the uh, oh yeah, well white tonic. port and lemon juice is very famous and obviously, and then the tonic water would add another bite to it. It'd be uh, that would have to be a terrific yeah. Uh, and then and then uh, a little but now uh, that you mentioned, I feel like having having one. one. Go make one right now. <laughs> well, but what you might want to wait because I'm going to whet your appetite even more. We had a bottle. Of the 2005 Vida Nova. Have you ever heard of the Vida Nova? No. Is this that is, a Portuguese it wine? It is. It's a locally uh, Portuguese uh, Algarve-produced oh, okay. wine uh, by none other than Sir Cliff Richard. Oh, yeah. You mentioned this in an email. And it was not bad, I have to say. Uh, well, now, you know, the thing about that I think is overlooked here... Since I when I was over there, I also got I was being taken around by the government, so I got the you know I like to go to a winery. Oh, okay, let's go, and so um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I got so I got like a uh, a pretty good background. Next next, next time the, the government takes you places, can I give you a couple of things to ask for? You know, like the the command center, the shelter, the missile silos. You know, not just the winery. Well, I'd go for the big stuff instead of this crazy things that you are into. But anyway, so I got a lot of lectures about the wines, and I had a good number of wine tastings that were set up for me. And uh, the wines from Portugal are fantastic. They're underpriced to an extreme. There's two or three vendors there that make terrific stuff outside of the uh, the northern part where the, where the ports are made, and the rest of the country is all. It's all the whole country could be growing wines, like just like California. And uh, I was actually stunned by the quality of, of a few of these wines stunned i mean i would drink these wines every day i mean and they're so it's and they're reasonable yeah they, I, I thought the cliff richard wine was a little overpriced it was 48 euros granted you know you're buying it in a restaurant um just you know just from the stuff that we've we've had before and you know my own experience now i thought you know, it was maybe it was 15 to 20 euros higher than it should have been in price, but I'll, I'll chalk that up Well, that's probably because it, it was probably a Cliff Richards wine specifically for the British, you know, tourists. Uh, so were- no, actually it wasn't. I had a, a long, we were the only people in the restaurant, so I had a long conversation with a sommelier because there's also a 2004 and then he has a port and yeah, there's a whole bunch. So it was, it was a, it wasn't just a, oh, let's have some Cliff wine type of choice, you know. 
Oh, well, that's what I would have expected, but okay, go oh, ahead. Hey, John. Hey, John. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you very much. <laughs> Oof, there, there goes all our affiliate deals. There goes the affiliates. You got to beat these things. You got to. Uh, there, I, so I got a ton of uh, of news and stuff to go through. Uh, I might want to. Well, finish up with this wine store. Was uh, the wine was you thought was outstanding? Or I thought you, it was very very good. Yes, yeah. my, my wife liked it. Uh, the kids liked it. It was yeah. It, it was it was outstanding. And I was all kind of ready to because I remember he was on. I think it was Hell's Kitchen with Gordon Ramsay and and Cliff was in the restaurant. Is that where? Well, that's the, where the two the blue, the red and the blue team compete. I can't remember which show that is, which one that, that yeah, is. Yeah, that's Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen, and they served wine, and they and they and they gave Cliff Richard three glasses, uh, blind blind taste test, and said, you know, which one do you like the most? And of course, his own wine, he you know he picked last. So it was all, <laughs> I didn't know if I didn't know if it was the, the exact same one. That we had, but I, I was already, you know, all set to kind of, you know, hate it. But uh, no, it was good. He and he got some some reasonable props from the from the sommelier, and they had a good they had a good list. They had a big list, hmm. or a good list. We have a, a Wikipedia entry. Oh, we do. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. The whole history how, of the how, show. How in, really, how inaccurate is it? <laughs> no, it's, it's pretty well. You know, it's pretty accurate for what it is. Um. Yeah. It's all right. Good. We have somebody, obviously one of our fans, because otherwise it would be a negative thing, uh, doing it. And hopefully they'll dog it like people do and uh, keep on the RSS feeds and make sure that some vandals don't show up to, you know. <laughs> it's the, always the vandals. It's the vandals. It's coming in to screw things up. So I thought maybe we should uh, start it right off. And now, back to real news. With some real news, John, because there is just too much real news to uh, to ignore today. Yeah, this, but it's all... It's all real. Yeah, well, I mean, it's real. What's real? Well, the news, the real news, this would be the news that everyone is watching and listening to, is uh, is all about uh, Ashton Kutcher competing with CNN for a million Twitter followers. I saw my wife and daughter glued to the television set as Madonna defends her adoption of yet another child. <laughs> my God! And then Hugh Jackman pledges a hundred thousand dollar chair to a charity for uh, his uh, what is it for uh, for the best idea on Twitter? My God! The best idea on Twitter. What is the world coming to? And Who did they hire at, at, over there to get all this publicity? Well, the, the Hugh Jackman actually said in, or uh, this is what's in the article. Let me just bring it up here. He said uh, he kind of felt guilty because he had um, Twittered something incorrectly. I guess the name of the Sydney Opera House. Like, I didn't know it was called anything different than the Sydney Op Opera House. And uh, people gave him shit for it, and I guess this was kind of like, oh, you know, the PR. I can just see this PR bitch going, "Huge, I got, I you know, we really have to correct the situation because uh, it's really going viral. It's really going completely out of control." So here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, um, you got a hundred grand. I mean, it's all tax deductible anyway. So you give that away to the best idea that someone can tweet to you in under 140 characters. And uh, you know, it's like he's totally saying that someone else was twittering because he said, "Oh, I made a mistake. It was uh, someone else uh, transcribed my tweet." Oh. <laughs> he, he, Called in a, he called in 140 characters. I'm so, yeah, I relayed it over the phone. Like, you can't Twitter from wherever you are, douche. <laughs> and, of course, uh, you know, the sad passing of uh, 
Marilyn Chambers. Oh, I didn't. I missed that one. Oh yeah, very young, fifty-six years old. Marilyn Chambers. Um, guys like me, I don't know about you, John, but you know, we kind of grew up. That was a, that was the name. You know, uh, who would be uh, today's version of uh, of Marilyn Chambers? Um, I got. To, I met her once. Really? Yeah, she was at uh, when uh, years ago when uh, the CES show had an adult section down in the basement ah. of one of the halls. She was in the. Uh, I went down there to mosey around, and there she was. And I chatted with her for a few minutes. Yeah, she uh, uh, she looked like she uh, she uh, she was she, you know from a distance she's still pretty, but she had a kind of a like. Uh, Kind of a, a hard uh, life look. So behind the green door was really the movie that uh, you know, similar to um, right. That was the big big film. Right. You know, I never saw that movie. It's funny. I met Marilyn Chambers, but never saw her movie. <laughs> but did you when you met her? Did you say I re- I really um, admire your work? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't really. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I just, you know, casually chatted with In Hollywood, that's what all these, oh, man, it's so annoying when you meet an, an actor or, you know, so, and they, and they say to each other the whole time, I really admire your work. <laughs> well, I really <laughs> admire your ass. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> oh, man. Uh, do you want to talk about pirates for a minute? Because we did. Well, I think before we get it, we should stay with There's one more real news item that we have oh, to I'm, touch I'm, upon. I'm sorry. Hold on a second. And now, back to real news. Yes. And that is the Susan Boyle video that everybody's all worked up about. Uh, let me uh, hand uh, the background in over this. Um, I'm probably going to agree with what you're about to say. So Britain's Got Talent. And, of course, we follow this show religiously, my wife being... Uh, uh, the equivalent of Amanda Holden here. Uh, I can't. Uh, who is it? Sharon Osbourne in the states and America's Got Talent. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Simon Cowell show. So on. Uh, yeah, and usually this is the name of the show should be Britain Loves Losers because that's what's so great about it. People come up, they juggle, they do bad magic acts, but it's funny and it's, it's cut very quickly and it's total chewing gum for your brain. It's really good. Um, and and you know how I feel about these shows already. Oh, you hate them. And of course, I've told you, knowing what my wife does, that this, you know, this stuff is, these shows are no accident. Okay. It's not like people just like watching talent shows. No, this is the, this is the, the absolute epitome of non, what, what do they call it? Non-scripted. Drama? Un- unscripted drama. Unscripted drama. Because drama is created. It's just not scripted. It's They really should say edited drama. And it's completely well done. And there's a lot of stuff that happens in the, on, in the production process as well. And I think a lot of the show stands or falls by this. So um, out comes a contestant. It's one of the pre-rounds. I'm sure everyone's heard this by now, but for prosperity's sake, the lady is dressed like, you know, like... I, the, the minute I saw her come out, I'm like, okay, watch this. I knew, because I, I, I know how these shows work. But she was dressed like a housefrau. She, it, it's like she almost, she should have had her uh, little apron on. And, <laughs> and she looks like a dog. I'll just say it. Dog face. And she comes out, and, and they do the little banter with the judges. And already, and she's stumbling, and she's not knowing what to do. And, of course, then the music starts. She opens her pie hole. And out comes the, I mean, I, I looked, I had the, I had to convince myself that she was not lip syncing. It was from, um, uh, crap, what's the name of the musical? Les Miserables. Right. 
And it, it was phenomenal, just beautiful. And, of course, everybody goes crazy. Um, I'll stop there because I think you need to jump in. All right. So uh, I took a look at this and felt you know, the same way. You know, it's like, wow, that was pretty good. It was pretty, you know, cool. And then, of course, after watching it once, I uh, and of course it was on all, all over the place. I mean, every YouTube. Uh, I mean, there's about 30 versions on YouTube. And by the way, what really annoys me and got me kind of ticked off anyway was every single YouTube version of this has not embeddable, not embeddable. So you couldn't embed it on your own website. Exactly why? I'm wondering who's the one that's not letting him embed it. And then Break.com apparently got a copy of it. Nobody called them so you could embed it. So I embedded it on my blog. And after doing so, then I watched it and I just noticed the timing. All the cut, the cuts were perfect. She comes out, she starts to sing, cut to Cut right away to Simon. Watch his eyebrows go up. I know for a fact that, you know, that this whole thing was orchestrated by him. And, he, and I'm sure he said, put the camera on me as soon as she sings. You watch, and I'll, I'll do a, a real slow take. It'll be great. And then, and then, of course, instead of everybody kind of being amazed at the same time, no. They, then they cut to the next person. And she, all of a sudden, is amazed some five beats after Simon's amazed. And then five beats after that, the next guy, oh, he gets all jumpy. And then they have the two goofballs. These two idiots backstage. I don't know what the point of the, those guys are. Ant, but Ant and Deck. Yeah, two boneheads that are kind of morons and <laughs> you know nose pickers, and they're all they're jumping up and down and pointing and, and goofing around just right on cue. The whole thing was like so staged. I'm watching. I said, "This is crap." And then, so I just casually mentioned it on my blog that I thought this was staged. And boy, the guys come out of the woodwork. It wasn't staged. You're an idiot. You know, I got notes from people. This is the real deal, and it goes on and on and on. Somebody linked to a uh, website in her hometown where she was actually interviewed on camera, and she doesn't wear those. She was wearing a she was wearing a conservative outfit, but it wasn't anything as frumpy as that crazy dress. And she her hair looked a lot different, and I think that they put it made her eyebrows bigger than they are <laughs> just to make the whole thing more comedic. And I was just I was just I did, I thought she sung great. She was fantastic. And I thought it was very sweet. But at the same time, the way that the public lapped this up as though it really happened and it wasn't orchestrated and staged to show how stupid the public is in general is what disgusted me. And that's what I pointed out in the blog. And then it just got worse when these commenters were just so defensive about the fact that I think the thing was a bunch of bullshit. Well, so you are right. It is totally staged. It's all set up. Cowell was in on it for sure. Probably the other judges as well. Um, they, uh, the production, uh, totally dressed her. The eyebrows, I'd, I'd have to look at that. That's interesting. I'll, uh, I'll take, I'll see if I can, if you can send me the clip of her being interviewed in her hometown. Yes, actually, if you go to the blog and go down to the comments, there's the actual, the, I, I've embedded the video within yeah. the comments of her. Now, uh, so all of that said, we know that you are not a fan of this type of programming. Uh, and you know that I am. In fact, uh, my next aircraft will come from this type of programming, so I'm quite happy with it. But you have to admit, uh, if you can get beyond being so stupid that you fall for it, the whole experience is kind of like sitting on the couch, drinking the beer, and getting a nice slow blowjob. You know what I mean? I'd rather get the blowjob. <laughs> hey! In the morning. I am so happy we're separated by 8,000 miles. But I didn't want it from you. Oh. Mm. Damn.
So, um, wait, 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 back up a second. What do you mean you're getting your next airplane? Well, do you know how much money my wife is making? Oh, right. I thought you were going to do another reality show or something. No, no, no. Get- they did. They did ask us. She had. Oh, by the way, we found the perfect show for Patricia. The perfect show for her to do. It's called. Uh, oh crap. It's an English show, so it's an English format. Something, I think it was like disgusting bodies or basically it's people who have all kinds of weird shit with their body and they go to the doctor. And of course, these people have been living under severe stress and there's a nice, you know, nice host, female host. And she really is talking, you know, she's taking care of the, which my wife is great at, at kind of the mental aspect. And, you know, Patricia will look at any wound, uh, orifice, you know, whatever it is. And she's very interested and she is a, a white witch, so she, she can heal. But then they go to like you know plastic surgeons, whatever, and uh, and this and they just show amazing stuff, amazing things that people have wrong with their body, or wrong. Uh, what's normal? Um, so once <laughs> who wants to watch this kind of thing, John? This is blockbuster. This is blockbuster stuff, man. And this is Buffo, what Buffo. this is this is what television is going to become. So we, I might as well profit from it. While on the other side, we're doing something good. Uh, and I'm saying we big word. I mean, everything is in my wife's name. She's making all the money. So I just better be quiet and carry her suitcases and shut up. Well, as long as you get the uh, airplane, what kind of plane are you thinking about? I'm thinking about a, uh, I still want to, I don't want a, a turbine, but a turboprop, so either a King Air. Uh, you, want, you want or you don't want a turbo? I, no, I want a turboprop, not a, not a, not a, uh, you're right. Not a, a turbine, a uh, jet. Uh, so either, right, not a turboprop, right, which right. are, which uses, which incidentally use, use jet fuel. It uses fuel. jet, yeah, it's, and it's a, yeah, it's a jet, jet concept, it's just, yeah, jet fuel. So it has a propeller. But there's a, the, you can go to less places with a jet. And if you get like a King Air, you know, then you, there's there's a couple of extra destinations you get, which are a little bit cooler than all the big airports. So, and it's very fast. It's almost as fast. It's almost as fast. Yeah, I mean, it goes 350 knots. You know, so it's uh, it's spiffy. And uh, so this will be two. This this has two engines. A twin engine and a, and a, and a restroom. Which is the hole in the back? <laughs> yeah, you've always wondered that. What that? You've always wondered what that you hole Irish. is for. Uh, uh, let me. Um, there was a a very interesting, I guess a, a radio show. I'm, I'm looking for it now. And there was a call in. Hold on a second. Let me bring up the uh, the audio. And the person who's calling in. Uh, declares that the Department of Homeland Security is literally shipping in live bird flu all over the country. And, of course, this is going completely unreported. And um, I wanted to play a little bit of that audio. Hold on. I got a new system that I'm working on for uh, keeping all track of my notes and stuff. Hold on a sec. Here it is. I'm playing it straight from the YouTube page, so it starts off without... Uh, uh, Starts off with all. It starts off with a lot of the, like. Spread this video now. Here it is. Very concerned. Um, we have some actual proof that a trucker may actually be transporting uh, bird flu. Um, um, we have a federal agent who is aware, who has taken the documents to many agencies, including New York State Police. 
the FBI in many, many states, um, infections control disease. And what um, this trucker reported was that he works for Department of Homeland Security. Um, he's a Spanish man who um, is trucking an independent truck. He goes down to the corner of Broadway and Clinton in Albany, New York, at the Department of Homeland Security facility every single evening for loads. He said there are Ray Moore and Flanagan's and J.B. Hunt trucks ahead of him loading, that he has taken loads from a silo above Glens Falls. His truck actually was lowered into the ground into a silo when the truck came out of the ground. He was given a shot in his arm to protect his family. He transported um, ice refrigerated loads to the Pentagon, Baltimore, um, Maryland, uh, Tucson, Arizona. Um, he was so it, go, it goes on and on. Sounds like it. Uh, But this is from the Power Hour. I don't know what that is. Uh, Who knows? So what's the credibility factor here? What do you think? I I, I give it a seven. Can you turn on your speakers just a tad there, John? Oh, here we go. Yeah. I give it about a seven on credibility. I got to get the checkbox out and make sure that you you did. (laughs) Everyone have a drink. (laughs) <laughs> I've, I've asked for the speakers. Turn down your radio. Hello, caller. Caller, can you turn on your radio just a little bit? Um, the power hour. So it goes on. Yeah, it, it's pretty detailed. And uh, I like the, the whole, you know, the, the truck goes down into a silo on an elevator. I like that bit. I think that sounds dramatic, overly dramatic. Mm-hmm. I'm not buying it. Well, Okay. Jesus, man, it's still so loud, your speakers. Really? Because I, I, let me just move the mic back a little bit. I think I'm going to... Two words, headphones. Yeah. You know, I used headphones up at the... Uh, at yeah, the it was wonderful. And... It was great. I could I could talk sexy to your wife and you couldn't hear a thing. Yeah, well... It was awesome. It's not going to happen again. So, <laughs> is uh, she mad at me? She's not mad at me, is she? No, no, she's she, she was. Uh, uh, no. She's protruded. She's, 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 but she's going to be down here, by the way, at the end of the month when you're here, and she's going to. She says you should take her and her friend, who's visiting from England. They live in Cornwall. Yeah. Uh, oh, Cornwall is where all the uh, crop circles are. Yeah, uh, you you should take them, the two of them, to dinner oh, so right. they can harass you. And what's her friend's name? Teresa. She's actually. Uh, is, she, uh, is she hot? She teaches because she's married to a, a harmonica player who's somewhat famous. Nothing to see What, Toots Stillemans? Is she married to Toots? No. And Mitt Gammon. And so. Um, oh. Like, I know who the hell that is. Well, he used to play with, like, Eon Dury and all these. He's a British oh, really? guy. So he's a you say Eon. Is, I thought it was Ian. It could be. Um, I say a lot of things wrong. Like like yeah. vegent. I say vegent. I mean, I would, you know, which is not what they are. They're vegans. Well, the new thing is freegans. Free. Oh yeah, no, we have the freegan problem here. Yeah, the free. The, you mean the freegan issue? <laughs> the freegan problem. Freegans. This is people. This is problem, people who eat uh, free food. I they, think we talked about this a couple yeah, months we did. ago on the show. We did. We did. We did. And it's like the one guy I mentioned, I'll mention it again, some professor at Cal, you know, is a freaking and he's just talking about well, all this waste. You know, the guy's got plenty of money. He can go buy stuff, but he's scrounging through. And my wife is upset about this whole thing because there are people who actually need to scrounge through these things to survive. I yeah, mean, people. These, these, these people don't need to. Yeah. So why are they doing it? They're taking the food away from the poor is what they're doing. Some, some, seriously. Yeah, you're it's right. A, it's, a, it's ridiculous. Putting them at a disadvantage, yeah. So That's a anyway, good point. Is, no, that's a good point. I buy that. Anyway, where were we? 
Well, um, you know how uh, if you buy futures, such as, uh, you know, if you buy oil, you know, you buy it on paper. Yeah. But... Um, you're buying to. something for later delivery, right? But if you if you uh, if you just let it run out, eventually someone's going to show up with that oil on your doorstep. Only if you fulfill the contract, right? Well, apparently Lehman Brothers had uh, four hundred and fifty thousand pounds of yellow cake um, futures, or mm, whatever. However, they had it. They now have it <laughs> because because well, cause yellow cake uh, you know, the the price kind of like just dived, uh, and so there was there was no market for it. So now they're literally sitting on four hundred and fifty thousand pounds of yellow cake, Lehman Brothers. And I'm assuming this isn't the cake you eat. No, this this is what you know the uranium. Yeah, uranium. You, you can make. Uh, I guess you can make nuclear bombs from this stuff. Well, maybe it, they should sell it to Iran. Isn't the yellow cake what we went to Iraq for? Yeah, oh, well, no, because somebody was, they were trying to get yellow cake, and we had it documented. Well, but, course, but, you know, but shouldn't we go to war with Lehman Brothers? They got yellow I cake, man. Should, I think we did go to war with Lehman Brothers. That's why they're out of business. <laughs> That's just nuts. That is absolutely <laughs> nuts. The uh, the G20, you know, they, they had this, uh, of course, the big show here in London, and so many things have happened. Around this G20 that was not reported at all that we've been talking about on this very program, such as the Black Sabbath, uh, but also all of the. <laughs> you laugh, my friend, but I know you're not really happy. Um, so w one of the main things that came out of the G20 show, which they put on in London, was no more tax havens. You know, because you have all these islands, Guernsey and Jersey, and of course you have famously Monaco and uh, and there's uh, the Bahamas, and but of course uh, we have Switzerland. So this was the big thing. You know, it's like stop it, uh, no more tax havens. So the uh, and they this this was kind of one of the big things that that came out of it. So it was all part of the, it was the climax of the show. So the OECD. Who's responsible for the publication? The economic, co the organization for economic cooperation and development. Uh, they published uh, the blacklist of these tax havens. And guess how many were on the list? I don't know, ten thousand. Uh, none. The list is what? completely empty. <laughs> <laughs> you look at the website; it's like there's you know no no listings at this time. None. None. There is no. There are no tax no, there havens. No, haven. no, there's no tax havens that are outlawed. They were going to publish the blacklist. <laughs> they published a list of zero. I wonder what the what the deal was with that. Was this some sort of extortion thing to get people to? Huh? No, because the, the because tax the, havens to cough up some money. Look, the only the only the only, the only publication. No, the only publication that picked up on this because, of course, the only publication that would do some research and go and check it out, which apparently can just be done on this thing called the internet, uh, was the the German Spiegel magazine, who do a lot of excellent reporting. That's why, because it's it's a show. It's fake. They, it's a show. Yeah, the, the Simon whole thing. Cowell should be hired to run. Who this says thing. Simon Cowell isn't running it? I tell you, no, sometimes I, I don't wonder. Have any proof? But I was just guessing. Yeah, but you wouldn't be surprised, would you? Nope. Did you have notes? Because I can just go on and on, darling. Well, no, I'll tell you this much. You, uh, you, I, I, what I'm doing for the listeners out there, and I want them to appreciate this, is that when you, uh, when we start to go off 
to another topic and then we interrupt and then we get off the road and we're bouncing around, you know, on a, you know, with four wheel drive on, I can return us to the, to the road and I'm going to do it right now. You said I, you want to talk about pirates and yes. we've never, we haven't done that. Let's go there. Okay. So I have some thoughts on the pirates. Thank you. Uh, first of all, there was a fantastic picture, and I don't know if it's shopped or not. Uh, it's from a Chinese uh, Chinese uh, news website of thousands of porpoises. I don't know if you saw this. Thousands oh, yeah, of this porpoises blocking. Unbelievable! Yeah, they're literally blocking the pirates from getting to the uh, to one of these ships that they want to that they want to hijack, and it's just yeah. beautiful. You know, and I'm looking. Is that photoshopped or is it for real? Um, this is a, this is reminiscent of the lot of Asian mystique uh, mythologies that are created, uh, and they've been created over the years. The Japanese are experts at this. There's there's stories about how you know somebody was going to take over, uh, the big army of flotilla was coming in, but then an interest, just a storm out of the blue that no one expected came and washed them away. You know, these there's all these kinds of this type of you know supernatural stories that protect uh, you know these cultures somehow, and right. that, I think when I I first heard that story it's the first thing i thought of i think this is like cultural bunch of malarkey you know the dolphins all of a sudden come up and they save the chinese vessel because you know we're so you know we're in tune with the animal world i don't know what what the point of it is to be honest but it's i think it's a crock well yeah i i, I have to agree uh, let me, I just, let's start at this conversation with a quote from uh, saint augustine in the city Was of he on the ship <laughs> <laughs> Your timing is so beautiful. In the City of God, St. Augustine tells the story of a pirate captured by Alexander the Great. The emperor angrily demanded of him, How dare you molest the seas? To which the pirate replied, How dare you molest the whole world? Because I do it with a small boat, I am called a pirate and a thief. You, with a great navy, molest the world and are called an emperor. St. Augustine thought the pirate's answer was elegant and excellent. <laughs> so, uh, and then he shot him. Well, yeah, two to the head and placed the gun in his hand. Yeah, so th- suicide. So I really, um, I really do want to stress that what the media is doing now is it, it, this makes me sick to my stomach when uh, we're, no one is doing a single bit of background on what is happening, why these pirates are hijacking these ships. What is the story behind it? And there are a few publications, links in the show notes, that uh, explain what is systematic. These guys, they're fishermen. You know, they're fishermen who have been, their waters were, were, have been poisoned, their fish has been fished away from their waters, sold by their own government to foreign uh, corporations, and they're desperate. They don't know what to do. The only thing they can do is this. It, 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 it is a, the most human form of terrorism by desperation, by massive desperation. And what's going to happen is we're going to send all, we're going to send our army over, our navy over there. Army would be a cool one. We'll send our navy over there and we're going to start blowing these fuckers out of the water. And we're going to lose <laughs> yeah. ships too. Cause these guys, they'll strap uh, torpedoes. They'll strap an AK, what, you know, a, uh, 
uh, one of those um, RPGs to the to the front of their rubber boat if they have to. They are desperate, and the world is standing by like it's freaking Johnny Depp. It was there going, hey, screw, it, let's kill Johnny Depp, man. Screw that motherfucker. Let's get him because that's what <laughs> they are. They're all Johnny Depps, man. Screw yeah. you. No, this is a sad, sad, sad story. Well, I mean, the one thing that's interesting, oh, I th- don't know whether, to be honest about it, I don't know whether it's a sad story or not, because from what I can tell, I'm not getting the story, uh, which is kind of what you're saying. But it's like, what is the story? And the fact is, it's like, I was watching it on last night on the, uh, one of the net, or no, one of the local news channels, all of are so serious. And then they show these, you know, they show these clips, I don't know where these clips are coming from, of a one pirate or another standing here <laughs> and standing there, always holding a gun up in the air as though they were like, uh, shooting in the, the air. And so they look like uh, shots from the Simonese Liberation Army back in the uh, late 60s. Yeah, file footage. I love it. Yeah, exactly. And we so have shaky, have, shaky file footage of pirates. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a bunch of stock footage, and so then they cut back to the they end the story with which is not a story because they don't tell us any real details, and it goes back to the anchor on this station. I didn't know who it was, but I just remember I wrote the quote down. He seriously looks back at the reporter and says, "Well, this is not a battle we can ignore." I'm thinking, what the hell are you talking about? We could ignore it. Uh, why don't they just go around? I mean, go further out. I mean, there's a, I mean, or, or have a, I don't know. The whole thing is like, it's just poorly covered and we don't know what the heck's going on and nobody wants to go there. Well, we do know what the heck is going on because it's, well, yeah, no, I mean, I know the country's a, a mess. The country's but a yeah, mess. Yes. Yeah, you're right. That's what's going to happen. Somebody's going to we're going to send a big, you know, few destroyers. Right, but what? You got to get practice once in a while. <laughs> well, that's the Somali pirates are totally being being. Um, what's the word? They're being set up to become target practice. That is exactly right. You know, the, the, the media is setting them up. We're all setting them up. It's going to be this one big joke as we start blowing out pirates out of the water. And these pirates will win from time to time. They will blow up one of our ships. It's so crazy. But in the meantime, we put together huge telethons of comic relief to buy mosquito nets for people who have malaria. And and the whole country is so friggin' out of control that the only thing that it's inhabitants can do out of desperation is go out and hijack the shit that's all they can do and no one cares no one it just boggles the mind wake and up and then they 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 captured this captain and then the big news is you know, oh, Obama gave yeah. him to go oh, ahead to blow jeez it's like somebody says just kill kill so he, so the snipers these you know sharpshooters why the sharpshooters are on the ship is beyond me cuz i you know but i guess you everybody needs a bunch of sharpshooters on your ship but they have three apparently three sharpshooters on board because everybody needs sharpshooters on their ship. Of course. And, hey, and we, we need some in our armor. Three teenage kids who are probably you know thirteen years old, and they bang, they blow the three of them. If the story is even blow true, them right, right, boom, right in the head, boom, done. If the story is even true. So there's a couple of really good um, articles that you'll find uh, in the show notes. Lessons from the Barbary Pirate Wars, pirates attack. Oh, there's a. I guess there's a new. There was a new attack that failed to get aboard. Um, what the media is not telling us about Somali pirates: <laughs> colon Africa is a country. I like that. <laughs> That's a great headline. And uh, you are being lied to about pirates is uh, is another great article, and it gives you the background. And you know, you might want to consider. Telling your friends that some of this is just freaking crazy, and and we got to have a little compassion for people. I'm just saying. 
So the next thing that's going on in the news is uh, they go into this. Apparently, there's they've they've categorized uh, right wingers as hate groups, and uh, and they're starting to promote the idea that you know one of the reasons that they want everybody coming back from Iraq to be registered as a potential terrorist uh, is a new term that I, I'm noticing, and you're going to start hearing this out there: homegrown threats. Yes, homegrown terror. I've heard that one a lot already. Yeah, and it always refers back to the 1993, let me see how many, 15, 16, 16 years ago, the 1993 uh, bombing of, in Waco by those two characters of uh, the, the federal building. Yeah, don't get me started on that. I don't want to get into it. It's too many. It's too many. It's too weird. Yeah. But the point is, is that nothing like I mean, terrorism that we're supposed to be fighting is not homegrown. No, so that's, why is that's it all new. of a sudden becoming high priority? Because we need to roll out the uh, the civilian army that is just as as powerful and well funded as our overseas army, according to President Obama. Uh, so we need to get that shit kickstarted because we've got homegrown terror, baby. A newly unclassified Department of Homeland Security report PDF link in the show notes warns against the possibility of violence by unnamed quote right wing extremists concerned about illegal immigration, increasing federal power, restrictions on firearms, abortion, and the loss of U.S. sovereignty, and singles out returning war veterans as particular threats. So that's the, the whole story. And by the way, that laundry list is a conservative checklist that everyone from Pat Buchanan to Ann Coulter to everybody in between would be would be on that list because they're all pretty much, except there there was some some flexibility on the abortion issue. But generally speaking, they do want American sovereignty. We don't want to be using the Amero, and uh, and they all most of them are against you know excessive gun control, and you know on and on and on. So how is this? How is the, the how are these people who are, who are probably half the country or more? Generally speaking, the Americans are a conservative bunch, uh, which means almost everybody in the country is on. You would be on the terror watch list because of that checklist. It's it's just so bogus. I can't believe that they're getting away with uh, with doing this. You know, I read a couple reports that uh, Ann Coulter is actually a trans transsexual. Yeah, I know. She's supposedly, with the way the rumor has it, she was once a uh, a transsexual uh, singer, uh, performer, pole dancer, yeah, or pole dancer. Down right, right. Well, as a transsexual, she's kind of hot. <laughs> no, seriously. But she keeps her figure. <laughs> In the morning. Ah, <laughs> uh, there's nothing like coming home to a classic Dvorak. So uh, I don't think she is, to be honest about it. But it's a funny story. People uh, hate her. You I, by the way, I've heard her give a because I, I unlike a, I, you know when you go. I went to a big university, and uh, one of the things you get used to, and I this is why I kind of recommend people. I, I don't have a, a problem with large auditorium. We you take a class and you'd go to Wheeler Auditorium at the University of California. The the, the auditorium at the time I was there was a whole like nine hundred people. So so many people were in the class, and you'd listen to these lectures by people who knew how to give a lecture, and you know these great lecturers were are in these big universities. Universities and they talk to a large audience, and it's, which makes it even more interesting. And so, uh, I've always enjoyed big lectures into large audiences. And so, I got to, and so I listen to them to this day because they're on now. They have them on the on the Dish Network. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to listen to one or another, and we talk about them on the show. But one of the things uh, I heard 
only I heard it on a podcast, was Ann Coulter giving a speech to, I think, UC Santa Barbara or some, some place. And I have to say, she gives a really great speech. It's, I was I was stunned. It was so it was very well presented. It was uh, conversational. You know, it wasn't somebody reading from a sheet. Uh, and and you're getting was, more than just the soundbite version. And you got to hear the whole her whole thought process. And then it, I was actually. I wasn't expecting it to be honest, because I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I think she's just a phony in a lot of ways because she's always just trying to get attention to sell her books. But when you listen to her talk for 45 minutes to an hour in a in a, in a succinct way, it's like, wow, this is interesting. And she makes a lot of good points. But typically, liberal uh, liberals out there won't listen to anybody but them, their own own ilk their own and so they miss out on some of the very interesting unique uh they should listen to people like her so they can see what they're doing wrong anyway just doesn't listen to lectures folks that's what i'm saying (laughs) kids listen to lectures we should make a t-shirt john that's a great (laughs) t-shirt listen to lectures lectures. that's that's why they're called lectures it's wholesome okay i got one more point here to bring up oh this is go back to real news Oh, so I'm sorry. Yes. And now back to real news. So I'm watching uh, 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 the CSI New York last night, which doesn't cut it with the Vegas version, by the way. Oh no, no, it doesn't. But I like Gary Sinise. I think he's a really fun actor. He to is watch. a good actor. Agreed. Yeah. And this one was really hyped because it was it had a guest star I f- forgot his name but he used to he's a TV actor of some repute and who's playing an evil he's kind of playing a Murdoch character and the whole thing was this ludicrous I wish people could see this again it was, when it shows as a repeat essentially it, it, it the story revolved around a missing flash drive actually a thumb drive that somebody some uh, some fixer had put a bunch of data on that had to do with all kinds of horrible things that were going on in the city of New York and uh, and the FBI was after the flash everybody was after this flash drive and the whole story revolves around this trying to get this flash drive which is eventually destroyed at the end through a weird coincidence of it bouncing through a grate over the subway hitting the platform and then falling exactly on the track <laughs> and staying there as the train ran over on okay, the third so rail that's ridiculous, but but the joke of it was they had the flash drive and it was in police evidence. Nobody ever ever copied the flash make drive. Make a copy, yeah, right. But they looked at it, but they didn't copy it, which makes no sense. And then when it went to this guy, who apparently you know somebody shot somebody to get a hold of it, and then they they never copied it. And I'm thinking, is it? Are they trying to tell the public that these flash drives, which is just volatile memory in some you know form, you can't like? Why wouldn't you take the flash drive? Copy all the data onto something, and then bury that, you know, some, somewhere, and then just erase this thing. They never did. It was the stupidest plot line, obviously written by somebody who doesn't know anything about technology, and and then fed to a public that I must have been befuddled by this story because I think ninety percent of the people watching this knew better. So that feeds nicely into uh, actual news. Because, of course, shows like CSI are just, you know, we've talked about this, in my opinion, um, they're probably funded in some way through some back door, through, you know, some government services. I'm, it's, it just has to be because it's conditioning. It's to make you ready for what you actually should be as a slave and how you should behave and, you know, all this, all this stuff that CSI can do. And, you know, you, you just behave, shut up and work and buy. You know, that's basically it. 
Because what's really going on, how how all this, you know, so we talk about sensitive data on a thumb drive. Who knows what it was? But this happens in the U.K. all the time because, of course, this is a country that is really a decade ahead of the United States. You know, our National Health Service has been going into electronic mode. It's been multi-billion pound project, deemed a, a clusterfuck, for lack of a better term. This is fantastic article, <clears throat> actually a whole website by uh, Dave DeBronckart. And uh, I guess he calls himself Blogger Dave. And um, Google Health uh, launched, and uh, his records you know, are online. I guess, somehow Google Health has to do with it. So he's able to access his information. And what he finds out, what he uncovers, is that the way that your health information is conveyed is through insurance codes. So every person, and there's tens of thousands of these insurance codes, and they change all the time. So it's like one big metaphile, the insurance industry, and I, I presume in connection with, with ph- pharmaceutical industry, they maintain it. But it's literally insurance codes because it's, it's, it's as good as gold. It's all about the money. So these treatments that the guy had had and some conclusions that were made from these insurance codes were A, Likely to get him killed because you know uh, of different combinations that are just not apparent by combi- combining these uh, these codes that are meant for insurance purposes. But also, he was deemed uh, schizophrenic when he was puking his guts out from uh, uh, the- uh, chemotherapy. And just all these things that are that are incorrect because the way they're doing it, folks, is through the insurance industry's data. Not through like a doctor language that says, "Hey, you know, I examined uh, Mr. Dvorak, and yeah, you know, it's an ingrown toenail, but he seems in pretty good demeanor, and he's a kind of a funny guy, although he's a bit of a buzzkill. That shit's not going to be in the database the way you think doctors are speaking to each other. So they just want you to focus on, "Ooh, I'm, my data's going to get lost," instead of the obvious, which is, "This is money. These codes are money, John." They just—it's a whole new trading system on uh, backed on our health, dude. I'm so baked. You better interrupt me now. <laughs> I'm so baked. <laughs> You're just baked all the time. You know, you don't sound it. That's what's interesting. That's what's kind of frightening. That's cool. So, so anyway, um, well, let me tell you my—I got an anecdote then that was just kind of interesting because the insurance companies are behind a lot of weird stuff. So I got a speeding ticket, you know, last year, and I, I think I've, I don't know if I've told the story publicly, but it's actually quite, quite I told all my friends, it's quite amusing. Oh, ex- so excluding this friend, but okay. I think I may have told you the story. Okay. You have, you don't remember a lot of things I tell you, but I think I did actually <laughs> over one of the Hello dinners. kettle, pot calling. <laughs> it's the 80s what? again. Huh? What? Oh, what did you just say? But you need the pot calling kettle. We need the th- yeah, uh, we a do. jingle for we that. Do. I give it in the morning for it. That's all I got. Cuz people are going to get sick in the morning for mm-hmm. everything. So, uh, anyway, uh so I, I had to I figure out, oh, you know, I don't want to really get uh this, you know, marks against my insurance, so I had I took traffic school. And so I signed up for, I did a little yelping and found some, you know, real easy to deal with one day traffic school in Chinatown, Oakland. 
So I go in there and I'm listening. This guy's kind of a stiff, but he's pretty much delivering a uh, you know a bunch of just a bunch of information. But then he goes on a on a rampage about the insurance companies and about how these these marks work. You know, and it, it, with a bunch of very weird inside information about how you can get two marks for driving on the wrong side of the road if they want to give you a certain kind of a ticket, and how if you're trying to get your insurance rates lowered, that there is a clearinghouse which seems like semi illegal, but there's a there's some sort of a data clearinghouse that he explained in great detail that if you keep jumping insurance companies, you essentially will, they, they will still stop insuring you. Right. They don't want you doing this. And he goes on and on with all kinds of weird stuff like that. I mean, there was something I'm thinking to myself, I don't know what this has got to do with driving, but it's fascinating. I leave to go to lunch. I come back. The the place, the, the classroom, which is in, the, you know, in Chinatown, mm-hmm. is cordoned off with, you know, police things and and it's a it's a crime scene apparently the guy who was given the course was arrested and hauled off for reasons unknown to me uh i I saw the two there were two undercover cops because they were both there i saw them they were in the class taking the class and the guy and i asked him what happened what was the deal he said well you know we had to arrest him for something and he's just vague he didn't say you know fraud or something and so they were which is like why don't you wait till the class was over because i you know at least you know we could get finish the damn thing and, and said no and they get they, they they then the state i think it was either the state or the it was the state of california then they gave us a they gave us a a little thing to fill out so we'd get a check in the mail for what we paid for this class. And I did get a check like a month later. Hmm. And I thought the whole thing was rather peculiar. So then I, but I still had to take this class again. And I found an online class to take, which was very thorough. And I did it online. And I noticed that pretty much what the online course was teaching was exactly what this guy was teaching exactly except for this extra information that this guy kept you know railing about you know about the insurance companies and some of the other weird stuff that you know that has to do with how you drive (laughs) (laughs) so i'm thinking i'm just shaking my head well you know that's interesting i took a few photos of the crime scene but um i was irked it was a waste of my whole day i like it a typical john c dvorak moment that's why I stay home. <laughs> uh, hey, a little follow-up uh, from the aviation world. Um, big, big, big articles in Dutch newspapers. And I, I heard the reports just as I was going on vacation, I think, but now the uh, the, the big newspaper uh, caught on to it. And, the, and I'm sure that they're publishing some disinformation in the morning. Uh, the Turkish uh, Airlines crash Apparently, remember we had those uh, six Boeing employees who were on board who were all involved in uh, the special new AWACS version of radar 737s. I'm sorry, uh, well, yeah, 737s, the exact type that crashed. Remember this? I think it was a 757, wasn't it, or 767? No, 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 737-400. No, uh, no okay. 800. It was an 800. So this, this uh, is the plane that the Turkish Army... Uh, they've had they've built like this kind of like it's like a dildo on the back of the fuselage, uh, kind of like a cigar type dildo. I, I come into Boeing Field uh, when I'm uh, flying f- to and from Port Angeles, and uh, I fly over these planes because this this is where Boeing does their testing, their uh, right, flight testing. Right, right, right. And there's a new look because they have all these AWACS planes there, but there's a new looking one that I looked at. I look at it two or three times. I go, what is that thing? And they had two or three of them sitting there. Yeah, so that's the the kind of dildo thing, and um, so the the six engineers, 
No, I'm sorry. Four engineers, three of who died. There is one. I don't know what his condition is, but one of them is still alive because there were only there were only six people that died. No, was it six people who died on the flight? It was a relatively low number. A lot of people severely injured, but a low number. But uh, most of the Boeing employees, and these were the guys who were working over there for the Turkish uh, Armed Forces, uh, setting up these these dildos. And um, their laptops and other documents were taken from the plane prior to the investigation and sent back to Boeing. Hmm. Hello. I wonder if anybody helped with their demise too. I mean, it's like, well, this yeah. is this is you know when you've got three pilots in the co- in the cockpit, which by the way can be to your disadvantage depending on what they're doing. Um, one of them, you know, twenty six year Air Force veteran, which doesn't necessarily mean he's a great pilot or not. <clears throat> it means that he's been trained. You know, he's part of the system. Anyway, who knows? I'm just reporting it because you'll never you'll never hear about we'll that. We'll never know what any of that was about. I wouldn't say we'll never know. It's, uh, I mean, we can surmise, I'm sure, but I, well, maybe we will. But yeah, I, I never, doubt it. Yeah, you never know. So anyway, this is the kind of information. Like I said, we we, we by the way, we should, what we did for for soliciting money last week, I think backfired, saying that if you give us money, we'll get off the air. Because we got oh, really, very, I thought it was such a good idea. <laughs> well, I think there's probably a few people that thought it was a good idea, but it wasn't. So we're not going to oh, do that. Crap. We're not okay. going to ever stop doing this show because otherwise we'll never get anywhere. Because the <laughs> we're going to get to the three shows, that's for sure. We need to but stock we the a- armory, and we need to get our no agenda knights of the no agenda armory 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 up and running. Yeah. So we got some uh, a few. We we just listed a few. I'm going to few people want to mention. There's also the I finally the guy who re- I really forgot to mention sent me a note immediately after the show, and of course now it's buried in my email box. He has to do it again. I guess I, we kept to stop meeting this way. Yeah, that's the only you thing put- you have to do is these emails, and you're always messing it up. I mean, I don't want to be well, I mean, a complainer or anything. It's all this because it's all in the cloud. It's in the cloud. I hate the cloud. Well, then don't use the cloud, dude. Use Outlook. Use- Use here's what he has to use the if it's the subject line donation forgotten I will that way I can find it that's the problem subject lines people well, do not take advantage can I just of ask you one question is it not possible to search your email I don't understand what you know the guy's name believe me it just it chokes when what do you I mean what do you mean just chokes it's, I can what search, cloud are you using? Search, the right, choke cloud? Search the, if I search the, the body, it, it takes forever. I can't get it. And well, I, then, what, what, have you ever there? tried this little thing called uh, Gmail? That's the search-based email is all about, John. This, we, is, this will change your life. We got a bunch of people sending us $20.12, and then we got $19.89. What does that refer to? 1989? Hmm. Nine eight, nine one, nine seventeen and nine. That one's a stumper. We got stumped yeah, nineteen. That. Well, I got to think about that one. Then thirteen thirty seven. What happened in thirteen thirty seven? No, no, that's elite, as in elite. Oh, L two three. I get it. I get it. Hacksaw. Yes. Hey, I got that one right off the. Me and my command line skills. I'm getting elite, baby. That's cute. Okay, that's very cute. That's a very good 1985. One. I don't know. It's a good year for something. Good year for Bordeaux. Good, good by year the way. for the roses. Nine ninety nine. Well, that's six 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 upside down. Ah. 
Dude. Man, I'm slow on the drive. You got two. You're two zip on yeah, me Yeah, I'm perma-baked. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Wrong one. <laughs> That's from the chat room. I liked it a lot. <laughs> perma-baked. <laughs> now, uh, to mention a few people who got get mentioned because they gave over 50. By the way, somebody also gave us 3333, and they sent me a note saying, I'm giving you this because I don't like Adam. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So it's only half. Yeah, it's only yeah, half right. of the six six six. So the big, I want to call out um, Richard Chapeas for fifty dollars and Ahari Lakala, who gave us a nice, cool hundred. But the the, the funniest one I think this week would be uh, Andrea Cardinal, who I couldn't resist looking up because she gave us sixty nine dollars and sixty nine cents. Oh, baby, and, and she's is like she hot? It, she's, she, I, I couldn't see a picture of her, but she's in Italy. I think she's in Milan or oh. someplace like that. Oh, dude. So she's our Italian uh, listener. So here's what, here, I, I'll bet you she's hot. I'll bet you she's hot. She's Italian, I, John. Well, she could be Claudia Cardinale's uh, daughter, for all we know. What was her name? What was her first name? Andrea Cardinale. Andrea Cardinale. Baby. Nice. So. Um... But yeah, people need to go to Dvorak.org slash NA and contribute to the show, and you get to hear all kinds of interesting news, yeah, or uh, NoAgendaLibrary.com. And, and, feel, and feel free to, to use this show to your advantage. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things you can do. if you Maybe you have a, a low-power FM transmitter you want. To, so who was doing that? Uh, didn't we get an email about that, John? Yeah, somebody was doing something. Oh, crap. Come on. Well, wait a minute. Well, well you're, uh, I'm, I'm going to go to my email. I'm going to go to my email right now. Watch how it works. Okay, so low power FM. All right, is that is that obscure enough? Gmail computes, and Gmail says... Nothing is what it says. Oh, hold on. There's a... Yeah, it's what I thought. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Uh, maybe transmitter. Oh, now he's changed it. We don't need no stinking transmitters. Here it is. I got him. No agenda on FM. So it only took me two hits. Uh, from Corey. Here it is. Um, hold on a second. What was his? It was a, it was a forward from you, no less, John. He didn't even send it to me directly. That's how good my Gmail is. Corey Allen says, I thought I'd let you know, I recently dug up my old... FM radio transmitter. Now I'm broadcasting the No Agenda stream for about a one mile radius from my house, which covers a good chunk of the city. Bloomington, <laughs> Bloomington, uh, Illinois? That'd be Indiana, probably. IL? Oh, that's Illinois. Yeah. 80, There's a Bloomington in every state back there. 88.7 KRCK. And, uh, wait a minute. Then there was this. He's changed. I think he changed the frequency. Yes. I'm sorry. Strike that. KRCK. What's the frequency, Kenneth? KRCK. Now on 90.3 FM. In the morning. Bloomington, hey, Illinois. Why don't you give it, yeah, that was good. Give him another Illinois. one unless you can put it on his show. KRCK. It's crack. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Crack. That's right. Hey, everybody. It's Craycack. Uh, well, let me try that again. I, that, I slipped. Hey, everybody. It's K Crack. Along here with JCD in Bloomington, Illinois on 90.3 FM. Johnny. You're supposed to say something there. All right. It's okay. It's fine. In the morning. Excellent. Do you see how that, how that email works, John? Are you convinced? Yeah, yeah, I, I'll, I have to get my act together. You heard it here first. Okay, so now the other big thing going on, the big news. But wait, kind there's of, more. Is there's more, more to the show. So uh, apparently a lot of... <laughs> Send us money, will you please? This is a good show, John. I'm liking it. 
there's a United Airlines has decided to charge really fat people. Double, right? Two seats. Yeah, for two seats. Because they used to be free. They used to just give you the extra seat free. So that now, so there's a bunch of people complaining. And then they, so they, this has got to be a gold mine for the local station. So they get to find the fattest people they can find. And then they, hey, we can fill up the real news, man. Let's find some fatties. And the one, the one they had the moniker, this one woman is a fat activist. That's what her title was. That's crazy. (laughs) Fat activist. Now, this reminds me of another anecdote, which is, I don't know, maybe it's a little in bad taste, but I found it quite amusing. I'm at uh, uh, SeaTac. And this is Seattle Airport. This is a couple Seattle Tacoma Airport. So there's a there was this is a number of years ago when you did have to give somebody an extra seat if they were too big. And there's this woman standing at the counter and she was like. Uh, it was like probably just a little like a, just about top of the stomach high is all you could see of her from the other side of the counter. And I was watching her plead for the second so she'd have a second seat. And she had the strangest body. It, it was she looked like she was a, a super thin supermodel from the waist up. Uh-huh. And so this person that was taking looking at her said, "What are you crazy? What do you just want an extra seat?" You know, she was just looking at her, she was nuts. But I guess she didn't say, "Hey, well look, look at me now" because she had probably the biggest butt yeah, I've ever yeah, the, seen. I've seen this body type and I'm convinced that what what's happening to exacerbate there it's really a, a there's a mental disorder, of course. It's a horrible condition when you think about it. Um, these women are just built with what we used to call childbearing hips, and of course, you know, they can just get a little bigger than that, but then they will starve themselves and work out, and it'll never come off. It's just it's just the build almost. It will not come off, and so the top gets thinner and thinner and thinner and beautiful and slim and just so fantastic, and the bottom is, is you know, then it's just like, oh, my God, because it, it's a build. It's not like you're fat. This woman's butt was the size of a Hummer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. It was unbelievable, and but I felt kind of sorry for it because I know she was trying to plead her case without having to back up and say, "Hey, well, you look, look at my ass. Hey, fuck you, look at my ass, brother." Anyway, oh, that's so that, sad. This all the fat activists are reminding me of that anecdote. Now I got it out of the way. So you know, it used to be in the day of Rubens that um, Rubenesque women, which doesn't sound like it sound like this woman was a Rubenesque plus plus. But it was on vogue. It was the fashion, and, and it, was, it was what was considered beautiful. And I have a question for you, which I think I asked you privately, and, and I believe we said, hey, let's talk about that on the show because sometimes we have an agenda. Well, here it comes. My question off air to John was, did women really uh, remove all of their pubic hair in the 17 and 1800s? Uh, was that the fashion, or did the painters, for some reason, just not paint it on? I think there's a combination of things because you you have to remember that until Penthouse Magazine came along, they'd airbrushed out that hair in Playboy. And it was always a big deal. The girls were airbrushed. Ah, they airbrushed. And they would airbrush out all the, you know, any hair that was visible. And then all of a sudden it became kind of uh, stylish to show it. And... um I would assume that the painters left it off, but I would also assume that they knew how they had beeswax back then. They had all the honey and all these other things. They could rip that hair out, you know, with the Brazilian, as it were, mm-hmm. uh, in the same way they do today. I mean, I don't think the technology's changed or it's not new. Somebody just invented wax. So, so at, at what point do you think um, 
did women say, you know, like, was it in the 1900s when they said, hey, you know, shit, that's kind of a good look. I like that bush. And then, of course, you know, because that, that just be, I remember my mom, she had she had like a, a friggin afro down there. You know, that was you, you weren't waxing in the 70s. Well, that's the seventies. What would what were you do? I saw my mom there. naked. Come uh, on, okay, oh, no. you never saw your parents naked? Um, I wouldn't. Admit You're kidding that. me. <laughs> now that you mentioned, I probably did. But the point is, I think wow. That the well, hold the stop. Right, put the brakes on. This is very interesting. This is the generational divide right here. What that you're. You like to see your parents wander around. I didn't say no, no, no. no, Now be serious for a second. Be serious for a second. Um, It was very normal in our house. Um, You know, if you're walking from the bathroom to the, you know, to your bedroom, whatever, you know, you could walk naked, but it was no big deal. My parents would do it. We would, kids would do it. Okay. Well, you're from you're European. We're Americans. Do, so Americans never see their parents naked? No, you see, yeah, but you, wander, you don't wander around the house naked unless you're a nudist family, and there's plenty of those. You put a towel on. Who wants to see somebody's schlong hanging, bouncing around? I mean, it's, you know, it's just like, hey, will you put a towel on or get dressed? I mean, it would be the reaction. I have to say, I, I will. Uh, you got me there. Uh, naked men generally just not a good look. Um. But, uh, and I don't want to see my mother roaming around naked, scratching herself. I just don't think it's a something I want to see. And I would be say the same thing. Will you put a towel on? Will you get dressed for God's sake? So what is so repulsive to you about the human body, John? What is it that repulses you so much? It's not repulsive. It's just like it's something you just don't want to just dwell on. Well, it sounded like why wouldn't you want to dwell on it? You've well, got, actually, you, you've got know, a body. You, I, I just think that there's a is lot this, of is this, is this how you homeschooled your children? With this, my kids don't walk around naked. No, but have you have you seen your kids naked? I don't go around looking to see I, that, my kids naked. No, I'm just asking a question. When did you? I mean, uh, uh, you must well, have you seen see some of them naked, naked when they were born. Their diaper, for God's sake! At what point does that stop? Too? It stops after you don't have to change their damn diaper. I think you've seen enough naked kids by then. So you know, my daughter was sunning topless uh, at the pool in Portugal. Is that and, is that well, too much should. naked? That's a topless area. That's not. That's not. Naked. Oh, it's a topless area. Oh, okay. I just want to get it straight, John. It's a topless. We area. We have our little niches. You can go over the topless beach and be topless, and nobody cares. Or go to San Tropez, where everybody's topless. And if you're not topless, you look like an it's, idiot. You are. So, you are so. Oh man. All right. Well, you hold your fork wrong too. So that's just a little. But that's kind of why I love you. It's all that little, you know, that little stuff. I, yeah, well, it's just the way it is. <laughs> Would you like me to end the show here? We can do another nine minutes if you prefer. Uh, well, I don't think I. Well, I'm out of material. I got. I can. Well, I got a couple of things. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I got into. Uh, I really got into command line on on vacation. We had two days where the weather wasn't all that hot, and. Uh, and I rediscovered VIM. This thing is amazing. What? I, I don't know what you're talking about. It's command line uh, editor. So my, my fingers never... I am now... Why don't you just uh, go to the command line and type stuff in? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm doing, John. You know how our, we talked about our, our, our developers? You know, if you look at them, they've, they've got all this, these screens open and all that shit. Because these guys are professional information managers. And they have the best tools. And as it turns out, all this... 
gooey stuff, it really gets in the way of most of the work I just want to do. I want to, you know, quickly move stuff from email to outlines, uh, to Twitter stuff, to put Twitter into, you know, a show rundown. I, I even want to fire my jingles from the keyboard, you know, all from one window. It shouldn't have to be a million different apps and control tab and mouse. And it just, it slows me down so much that I've, I, I'm, I'm becoming a, a born again CLI. Crackpot command line Boy, central. Okay, I know it. Well, I'm just, ju- I'm the just best saying. we can do to wrap up the show. No, the reason why I was I, I like DOS. No. <laughs> the reason why I'm saying it is because I've got a whole bunch of stuff that we could still talk about to wind it up. I'll give you a few. Well, maybe we should save them for the Sunday show after we get some more contributions. Yeah, but <laughs> you want to hear these stories? Uh, Polish media discovers evidence of CIA prisons. Nah, I guess uh, no surprise. Yeah. No surprise yeah. there, huh? Um, uh, nope. I, th- I think that's it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there was the uh, the the one just talking of command line. What the hell was that? There was some guy who was detained. Uh, let me find it. Oh man. Some guy who was detained in the report. Oh, here it is. Boston College. I've got it. Hmm. It's from EFF, so I'm just citing the source, just so you know, but it's kind of funny. So um, on Friday, EFF, that's the Electronic Frontier Foundation, and the law firm of Fish and Richardson filed an emergency motion to quash. I didn't know that. Uh, interesting. Motion to quash. I quash you and I, and I strike you one more. And for the return of seized property on behalf of Boston College computer sciences student whose computer, cell phone, other property were seized as part of an investigation into uh, who sent an email to a school mailing list identifying another student as gay. And so from this uh, report, from the warrant application to, uh, to seize and search this kid's uh, property, uh, reported Mr. Kalixti uses two different operating systems to hide his illegal activities. Oh, yeah. One yeah. is the regular BC operating system. The other is a black screen with white font, which he uses prompt commands on. <laughs> so using prompt commands is now uh, enough to, to get a yeah, warrant. Yeah, you're a terrorist. <laughs> prompt. <laughs> Who writes this crap? Uh, you know, we wonder why the newspapers are going out of business. <laughs> oh boy! Nobody asks the right questions anymore. So my last comment is that you ever do this? I just want to know because you know you are uh, like a screwy guy. Uh, I love you too. Here's the way it, it goes. Do you ever like go and you're like looking at my notes here? And I, of course, there's just notes from you know this is one of these little notebooks that I pick up and drop. And so there's old stuff in here, and I don't know what it is. And um, I write, I do, I've done this. I notice I've been doing this a lot, and I can't figure out how to break myself of the habit. I'm talking to somebody, and I say, well, well I want to get a hold of you. What's your email? And then I, they give me their email. I write it down, you know, and it's always something weird, and at Yahoo in this case. And then I uh, put it away, and then like six months later or a year, I don't know how long, you look at it and go, whose email was this? Because <laughs> you don't write the person's name. You just assume, well, there's got to be someone, but it's not. It's impossible to tell who it is, and you can't email them because you look like a complete dork. 
you know, you say email. I, I've got your email in my box, and I uh, wonder who you are. Uh, and maybe because you may have promised to call him, you know, call him or write him the next day, and you didn't do it. Whatever. And so you, so now you're stuck with this with this orphan email. Well, do, do you do this? No, I don't. Because uh, uh, when when figures. first of all, uh, when people, uh, I don't think I ever say I really want to get in touch with you. Give me your your email. I don't think I ever say that. Most people say, "Hey, man." Can I email you? And they'll say, yeah, it's adam at curry.com. It's real easy to remember. Yeah, I know. But that's fine when you have something like that. I, I think if I wrote down adam at curry.com and then saw right. it like a well, year so, later, so I'd I go, whoa. Yeah, so I guess the, the point is, <laughs> yes, you would go, whoa. The point is we get a we get a reboot with Twitter. I think that's uh, that's the new business card. You want to reach me? Just Twitter me. And so the real Dvorak, we all can choose a cool name now instead of having to remember, because we're so stupid. I mean, look look at what we believe in on television. Uh, We're so stupid we can't remember two sets of data, the name part and then the domain name part. So Twitter makes that easier. (laughs) By the way, there was a report, a serious report that uh, Twittering can rot your brain. Well, I know Facebook gives you bad grades. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is this an official report you have? Yeah, somebody at the University of Ohio, University of Ohio, I think, they've came up with that. You get people who uses Facebook a lot or or get lousy grades. Yeah, I believe it. But they don't know why. Is it because they use Facebook too much, or is it because they have lousy grades and they they gravitate to Facebook to to lament? No, be, because they're they're hooked on that shit, man. You've you've seen it. You've you've seen what it looks like when someone's on Facebook all day long. You know, oh, it's just ah, you get sucked in. It's it's almost it's like doing coke because you, you and so, so is Twitter, by the way. Except it's uh, that's more like crack. So where Facebook is coke, Twitter is crack. Uh, crack. crack. It's crack. Because you, you you have to keep looking, you know, it's like the Blackberry. Like, oh, did someone update? Is there a new status? Is, is someone uh is someone's life apathetic? Is their mood happy? Uh you know, and you get that instant hit. It's like, oh yeah, I got another one for one of my friends. So Twitter is kind of the same thing, you know. Do I, did I get another follower? It's 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 crack. It's crack, it's crack, it's crack. <laughs> but at least right, I'm not gonna argue it. I think, you, crack. I think it's Quality crap. <laughs> it it's is the good stuff. It's the new command line for the web. I love it. Mm, that's it an is. interesting theory. Hey, well, look well, at look at what you're doing. I, you can. Have you ever retrieved stock quotes through Twitter or I mean, John? It's you know what this is, don't you? Where it, you can predict exactly what's going to happen. All the same stuff is going to happen all over again. Dude, I started publishing my cyber sleaze which was the very first kind of gossipy stuff I was doing online way before the web, you could finger my .plan file in my account. Hmm. Remember those days of fingering, John? Uh, that's Yeah, when I was in college, I did that. Yeah. That's how I started publishing on the, on the Internet, was through fingering. <laughs> I believe that. And so the show has come full circle, from teabagging to fingering. My name is Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Sunday, right here on No Agenda.